Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Empowered Marketer brought to you by Zeus. I am your host, Laura Dolan, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, Dana L. Wilson. She is the CEO and founder of CHIP, and that stands for Changing How Individuals Prosper. Dana, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure to be here. It is an absolute honor, and I just want to state that uh, Dana is helping us commemorate International Women's Day. So it's very exciting to be talking to a very empowered female in the business. Um, oh, I'd like to start out. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's absolutely like true. That. It's absolutely true. Everything I've read about you, it's, it's very inspiring. So would you like to start out by telling us a little bit about your background and how you got into financial advising and how you started your business? Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, actually have a background in marketing, always thought I would lean on that side of my brain as far as being a creative uh, and then sort of, you know, fell into finance because I think that's how most people <laughs> get into the industry. Um, I, as good as I was at math and, and like certain aspects of it, I can't say that was something I wanted to hang my hat in. But after graduating, well, actually prior to graduating, like a month or so before we had our last career fair and my career counselor was like, hey, why don't you stop by the SunTrust booth? I went to school in North Carolina. Uh, at the time. And I was like, well, why, you know, why should I do that? Why do you want me to do that? We had this whole conversation <laughs> about how I wanted to go, you know, deeper into marketing and, and possibly advertising, but stopped by the booth, dropped off my resume, got a call, um, went through the interview process and, and got an offer um, about two weeks later. So I was like, okay, well, I'll take this for now. And that is always, you know, anytime you say for now, it's always dangerous. <laughs> so it's right. Exactly. <laughs> get out of your vocabulary because, you know, 15 years later, I, I'm in the industry. And I think for me, it was just learning everything around um, money, right? And really what that meant for myself and kind of exploring past understanding like budget and savings and credit and debt, but really understanding what it meant to build wealth and, and really unpacking what that word was, because it's not something that's, you know, always talked about in a lot of different communities around wealth, generational wealth, and what it means to have your money make money for you, right? When you're sleeping and all the things that you hear and read about in books. Uh, and for me, I just started reading a lot more about wealth management, really just kind of trying to sit down with a lot of the advisors and just mostly watch them and really try to figure out what they were doing on that side of the of the coin, right? It just seemed like they were kind of over in their offices, talking to clients, talking about investments and what that really meant. So uh, at first I did a lot of reading on my own to really understand and kind of get that knowledge base and then started to make that transition into uh, the investment side of the business, uh, which was kind of a little bit of a learning curve but a great one at the time. And I think coming out of college and having your first job within a bank is uh, an amazing <laughs> thing because you're, you really need to understand how to utilize your money to your benefit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You got to have that base knowledge to know how it all works. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely assumed at, you know, 20 something that everyone who was, you know, doing well or making a large salary really understood what they were doing with their money. And to realize that was not the case was just kind of a wake up call uh, to me. Absolutely. So do you want to talk a little bit about uh, CHIP and how it all works and uh, how that came about? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chip just kind of came about, you know, just like anything else, I think when most people kind of start uh, startups or start thinking about jumping into the entrepreneurial journey, and even after, you know, spending time at larger firms in wealth management, and then jumping into the seat of being an independent advisor, you kind of get this greater outlook, not just on the industry, but also um, from a consumer lens as well. Mm -hmm. And what I was finding in my own personal career path, uh, especially just starting out was that there weren't a whole lot of people on this side of the industry um, that look like me, you know, right. You know, number one, starting with women, like there weren't a lot of women in this side of the industry. There also weren't a lot of women of color or people in col of color in general. Mm -hmm. So even when I, you know, made that shift from banking initially um, into more of a back office role and was helping to manage kind of a team of, of financial advisors, there were there were no people of color. There was only one woman sitting on that team. And it just it bothered me. And even everyone right. was in a support role. Um, in that instance, did not look like me either. So it was kind of trying to always find yourself in these different areas, even in, you know, as financial advisors in the executive leadership team. Uh, and then at some point, you kind of unfortunately start to get numb and get used to it, you know, mm. realizing that, hey, maybe this is just what it looks like on this side of the industry, which is even a sadder thing to really think about. Yeah. So as I just kind of kept going and continuing throughout my career and just always looking for myself in different spaces and sometimes, you know, running into different people at conferences and you kind of have that unicorn moment where you meet to the back of the room and make sure you exchange information and that sort of thing. Uh, and as I moved around, I got to meet uh, a little bit more of, you know, black and brown people in the industry, but I felt like there should be more or I knew there were more. I just didn't know where to to find them and, and to to connect. And, right. you know, after all of a lot of the social unrest that was going on mm -hmm. in 2019 and then, you know, just how that was really weighing on me and in channeling that energy into more of an impactful manner about what can I do specifically looking at my industry and finance and realizing that my story is one of many stories, right? I'm not the only person to experience this in this time. There are people who were in the industry much longer than myself who were trying to build businesses where they were literally the only one there in the company, right? Or even just maybe in that entire region uh, in the battles that they had to face to kind of continue and still survive in this industry. So it was about really connecting and building a bridge for financial professionals of color, specifically our focus right now is on black and Latinx. Uh, and then awesome. a bridge to consumers who also yeah. to some degree feel ignored as well. Did you find any like resistance along the way or did you meet any challenges just, you know, trying to kind of, you know, break through some of those barriers? Yeah, I think the the challenge always is is um really getting hold of all the stereotypes like there's definitely many layers to this larger and broader conversation around um, around race and what that looks like from a professional standpoint and how right. we're viewed as professionals of color in really any industry, right? But particularly in finance, there's still a lot of turnover retention issues that need to be addressed at large companies and, and all the way down the line. So the challenge is really just making sure that, you know, companies really do understand and they're putting not just their 
you know, their communication and their marketing behind it, but also actual dollars to really making that commitment to see changes in a lot of the industries. So this story that is my story along with others tends to die out at some point. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest challenge there is just ensuring that that happens, that we're seeing more representation. And then on the consumer end of things, it's really uh, digging into any stereotypes that might exist still within certain communities where you feel like you're not looked at as a wealth creator and you're still looked at as more of someone who's here to open up a bank account or a savings account, right? And you're not immediately seen as as anything else. And we really want to change that and have that reflection on both sides of the coin. And do you feel since you started your business, because you started in 2019, right? Yeah, yes, we announced it in 2019. Awesome. Yeah. And what impact do you have you seen an impact? Have you do you have any success stories you can share uh, since the business started? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've had um, a bit of success. And I think for myself, I measure success in in stories and empowerment and the impact. Um, that I feel like we're going to make. We're definitely not anywhere close to, I feel like, the, the larger bit vision of, of the dent. But for every professional who comes to CHIP, for every consumer who gets help, you know, those are impacts that we've had in successful um, measures and metrics that I think are extremely important because it's not you know, just my story, it's so much bigger than me, right? It's about the visibility of these professionals who now sit on our platform as we continue to grow to really shape the next generation of wealth creators um, in a lot of our different communities. So as that continues to grow, that's really where the impact is, where people are saying, you know, thank you for creating uh, this space. And now that I feel seen, I feel visible, I feel like I'm more empowered to really impact my community. And they know that I exist, right? We're not right. Out still feeling lonely and like unicorns um, because we we know that we're here, right? And it's not just myself, it's other organizations who are also um, leading this charge and have been leading this charge before I even kind of jumped onto the scene as well. So it's really about working together because uh, we can't do this by ourselves. No, absolutely not. It definitely takes a village for sure. Yeah, and, absolutely. <laughs> you, you kind of touched on, you know, where the business is headed. What what are some of your long term goals and what are you hoping to accomplish? Like, do you have like a five year plan or are you kind of going day by day? Yeah, I, I think in, in some instances in startups, you kind of take that day, <laughs> day by day measure of success, right? In Definitely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the greater vision is just to create this amazing space where it's not, where professionals of, of color aren't really looked at as professionals of color. It's like, yes, we're creating this space because we need to have this visibility and access. And obviously, you know, past history is telling us that these, these spaces are important, right? No different than all these other communities popping up to support Black and brown businesses so that we don't go out of business, right? And we're able to change and really reshape the way we look at this racial um, wealth gap issue that's going on in America. Mm -hmm. But the larger vision is that we are seeing the results of that, right? We're seeing more uh, people of color go into the financial industry and not just on the corporate side, but on the advisory side, because now they actually can see people who look like them, who are successful, who are really doing amazing things. Um, and just those simple touches make such a big difference, right? As we continue oh, yeah. to see 
feel as we continue to just get better about supporting each other in our own communities, right? It's great to uh, send each other some high fives, but we want to build sustainable practices and sustainable businesses that kind of go hand in hand with us making making this larger dent at the racial wealth gap. So I feel like if Chip is able to just, you know, have ownership of a piece of that and just help, you know, we've really made our in impact and, and done our job in order to continue to propel this conversation forward, which is such an important one, right? Re retention and recruitment mm -hmm. um, is, you know, critical to seeing change and, and seeing diversity in all aspects of the financial industry and in all aspects of our professional lives. So, you know, that's kind of where we want to hang our hat and, and really grow and, and see just world global change. <laughs> Absolutely. And are you compared uh, to that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. And so you're based in New York City. Um have you expanded your business outside of that or have you started Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm based in the northern New Jersey, um, New York City metropolitan area. But the uh, professionals who sit on our platform, they are literally uh, really nationwide. So, oh, awesome. yeah, we have professionals on our platform, a lot of them up and down the East Coast, mm -hmm. uh, on the West Coast as well. And then we're starting to see more people sprinkle in um, from the Midwestern and more rural communities, which is even more important, right? Because a lot of yeah. these um, smaller towns who don't necessarily have the access that you have at a lot of these larger metropolitan areas need to know that there are people who are in your communities that look like you who can help you too, right? They're literally in oh, yeah. your backyard. It's just, again, a matter of having that ease of access and that visibility to know that they're there and also for them to feel seen and heard as well. So it's great that, you know, now we're starting to kind of branch out and, and see these individuals in these um, communities that maybe they just end up getting looked over, right? We're always looking at the East Coast, the West Coast, but there's so much um, yeah. uh, that we need to kind of focus on. Exactly. I know it's like the middle of the country. It's like, you know, yeah, it's always like, you're in, like Chicago, and, you know. it's like you think <laughs> yeah. of LA, you think of New York and exactly. it's like, hello, there's, you know, the whole middle of the country as well. <laughs> right. It's like you always yeah. unpack in, um, like in metropolitan cities, like we're always looking at the cities and not other communities who also need just the chance, right? It's like, mm -hmm. just give us the chance to just get there and build. And that's the most important thing for people to understand that there is a finance professional for everyone, no matter where you're starting in your journey. Exactly. And ha have you found it to be a little bit easier to expand um, because of what happened with COVID and people just had to kind of start doing things remotely? Have you taken your business virtual? and Have you found that that's made an impact in how you've been able to expand? Yeah. And I mean, I think for the for the most part, we always had that virtual outlook. I think there yeah. are professionals who have had to kind of figure out how they transition their businesses a little bit more virtual. But I think people are really starting to do that. And consumers themselves are starting to really appreciate that. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, want to get back to where we can be in person and kind of have more of a touch and feel type of situation. But at the same time, it, it is time saving, right? If you're in a community where maybe you can't drive it or you don't have access to transportation, it's like, look what this virtual world has really done for that individual. If Absolutely. All they can possibly access it is Wi-Fi and maybe it's not at their home, but they're able to walk to a local shop and access it or go to a friend's house and access it. Mm -hmm. It's really changed the game of what we can do and how we build generational wealth for those particular communities who now have the access to these professionals in a way that they didn't. So 
uh, to be able to bring this um, from a more of a tech perspective is instrumental. Like it just does so much and there's so many things to unpack in that conversation. Mm -hmm. It's so important to let people know that, hey, you can just hop on um, your computer or your phone and get access to someone right away who is willing to talk to you and meet you at this point to get you to be that wealth creator, even just to put that in your brain to start thinking about yourself in that way, right? A lot of us don't yeah. even think that we can build wealth. It's a, it's, it's almost like that, that scary word that I don't think that this is achievable for me, right? I see it for everyone else. So yeah, it's, there's, there's definitely a lot to it, but I think the, I think COVID has helped all of us pay more attention to mm -hmm. the spaces that are going on. So it, it you know, had to some degree, uh, as unfortunate as this time has been, I think it's made us look at the world and look at each other a little bit differently. 100%. Yeah. I totally agree with that. We're, we're like more self-aware. We're a little bit more empathetic and yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, we, I think we that has helped like, gen you know, kind of create that support. You know, yeah, consumers yeah. And, and just businesses in general, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think we have to. I think it was something that was coming. But I think, you know, COVID came in and really sat us down and made us look at the world around us and really mm -hmm. see all of the problems that existed, not just in particular industries, but just uh, locally, uh, nationally, and then obviously the global impact of what's been going on. So we, we definitely have a long way to go, but at least we're starting and continuing the conversation. And at least mm -hmm. I can say that chip in for myself, it's a conversation that I, we don't plan to let die because it's, it's so vital. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm so happy you've experienced growth, you know, even in, in such a detrimental time for the world. Um, I'm happy that, you know, you, your business was sustained and you know, you were able to grow, um, you know, during this time, which means, you know, once things hopefully start getting back to normal, <laughs> maybe later this year, you know, your, your business will start thriving even more. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like, what is normal? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Like, like kind of what normal is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so you say you're nationwide. Do you plan on taking it global? Uh, I, I mean, I would love to. I think there's definitely room and opportunity to figure out how we become champions for, you know, those outside of the country and create um, that global dynamic and that global look at, at wealth. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. think the conversation stops here in the U.S. I think we have a lot of work to do. Um, here to just kind of fix the tide. And that's, there's like, there's so many levels to the conversation to break down. Um, but I think globally, you know, absolutely. I can definitely see this conversation moving forward. And it's one that's starting um, to go deeper and deeper, especially in different continents um, like Africa, where the economy is starting to boom, the entrepreneurial sector and the tech sector there are really taking off and they're, you know, in their own right, really creating these new paths of generational wealth for themselves and mm -hmm. looking at themselves as, as wealth creators too. So I, on that continent and, and a lot of others, this is just not a a US centric, you know, problem or conversation. This is something that definitely needs to be deepened on a global scale and global level. And I hope that sure. um, chip is a part of that conversation as well. Um, what kind of industries do you work with? Um, do you work with all different kinds? Or um, what has been your experience so far with that? Uh, as far as industries and from a professional perspective? Yeah, or, just know? like, 
what kind of industries have I, I guess approached you know needing financial services? Oh yeah, um, I mean it really crosses the board of, of all industries because at the end of the day, everyone needs help at some aspect of uh, financial planning. Uh, and in uh, the professionals who sit on our platform are not just your traditional um, advisors as well. We also have just you know planners. We have people who are tax accountants, accountants, estate planners of what you might need from that aspect. So that kind of touches on any industry, whether you're um, in healthcare, in technology, um, if you're making money, which is anyone, right, you kind of need the help to really focus on what your plan is. And it doesn't matter, again, if you're starting, if you're sort of what people call a Henry high earner, not rich yet, but are trying to get there, right? Or you're in that space of you know being that high net worth individual who wants to maybe support a black and brown uh professional you can you can do that right you can make the decision to do that and that just kind of depends on who you want to work with and at the end of the day the goal is just to work with someone you feel comfortable with you can have a conversation with who listens to you well and who is empathetic um to your needs and and that just really kind of goes outside of race gender and, and all of those other things right it's just finding someone you you find a good fit with but mm -hmm. you know our mission is to really ensure uh just this dynamic change and growth within the industry which is why you know we're currently hyper focusing on black and latinx financial professionals um and then we'll you know as we grow continue to build out from there but we want to try to help and, and make sure that problem uh is really solved and talked about and, and changed but yeah any consumer can come onto our platform um and find a qualified and professional and experienced professional to, to work with Awesome. And can you tell our listeners where they could find you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can stay connected uh, to us by going to our site, learning more at chipprofessionals.com. You can follow us on Instagram at chipprofessionals and we're on Twitter at chip underscore uh, pros. I'm personally on Twitter uh, trying to get better about that <laughs> on the Twitter scene as uh, Dana disrupts. And uh, yeah, oh, nice. I love that handle. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've kind of ran with this <laughs> coin and this word, but uh, that's where you can find us. Excellent. Well, I'll be sure to uh, hyperlink all of your social media platforms. So um, is there anything else we haven't touched on that you would like our listeners to know or anything you want to express that uh, we didn't cover? Uh, just, you know, really wanting to to dive into the, the mission of, you know, helping people to understand that representation really does matter. I feel like I say that all of the time and it's something that sounds cliche to probably a lot of people, right? It's like, yes, <laughs> you know, it does. <laughs> Uh, but it really does make a big difference when you can look around a company um, and see not just your peers who look like you, but also the executive leadership team and even beyond that into the C-suite team. You know, that's where the retention tends to fall off when we're constantly looking for ourselves and now kind of getting to the point, especially, um, you know, these younger millennials who are coming into these companies. And if they don't see themselves, you know, they're leaving. They're not waiting around right. months, a year or two mm -hmm. to to see if someone invites them to the table. If they don't get invited, they're creating their own tables, right? They're out here creating yeah. their own companies and, and they're doing that in a matter of months, right? If I come in and I don't feel comfortable, you know, they're, they're gone. So it's like you have to not just bring them in for the sake of bringing them in, but bring them in to be supported, to be seen and let them know that, hey, you can one day and you will, not that you can, but you will one day sit in the C-suite um, spot and start positioning to do so. And even just reaching down and just, you know, as simple as asking someone how they are, right? Half the time, it's just... Right 
people don't walk by you and say hello. You know, it's just those really simple things that make a world of difference, whether or not someone stays or someone leaves. So, you know, just focus on the simple things sometimes. And, you know, if you can change the world with that. I love that, you know, just relating on a human level, even though we're in a professional environment, yeah. you know, it doesn't hurt yeah. to say hello. Being, and being human goes a long way. I feel right. like I need to get that on a shirt. Yes. <laughs> like being human goes a long way. It does. Yeah. I think that should be your company's motto and you should, yeah. you know, you should run with that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Dana, I, I think what you're doing is so inspirational. Best of luck to you. Um, I will follow you on all your social platforms and, you know, keep in touch. And I just, I'm so excited to see uh, where your business goes and, and where you go as CEO. So well, thank you for uh, having me. I appreciate it. It's, it's been a pleasure to be here and, and talk with you all today. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been such an honor. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, that wraps up this episode of the Empowered Marketer and everybody have a great day.